Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! I have you now. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. That's right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Uh, I am your host, John Reed. And this time around, we are going to be talking about the um, the war movie, the World War II movie, Empire of the Sun, starring a very, very young Christian Bale. Um, probably the first, well, I know it's the first movie I ever saw him in, but didn't realize it was him at the time that I would know later from a, a few other movies I enjoy, including the Batman movies. Um, but a very, very young Christian Bale. So we're going to be talking that one this time around, but uh, to get started off, we've got a couple of uh, new movie things, um, and uh, just uh, welcome. We're, we're glad you're here with us, and uh, we have surpassed 800 followers on Twitter, so that's very exciting. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, that's um, we, we. I know that's kind of small, and there's other podcasts and other places that are in like the thousands, but we are uh, we're, we're totally fine with our 800. That's more than we ever expected, and. Uh, we just enjoy talking movies. That's the whole premise of this show. If this is the first time you are listening in, we uh, were a bunch of friends that work together. Uh, we're all teachers, and we kind of work together at the same school, or we hang out a lot, or we've been friends for years. And we would just sit around and talk movies. And a few years ago, we were sitting around, and we were just talking about how we were just amazed at how many amazing movies there were. That's a lot of amazing. Amazed at how many amazing movies. Um, let's use different adjectives. That'd be a great idea, especially since I'm an English teacher. Uh, we were just amazed at how many wonderful, how many stupendous um, movies that there were in 1984. And we were just kind of running through the list, and we started talking. And we said, you know what? There's a crazy amount of really good movies, movies that we really enjoyed in 84. And then we looked at 85, and we said, oh, hold on a minute. There's a lot of really good movies in 85, too. And then we looked at 86, and then 87, and uh, Pat, one of the one of the guys that's on the show with us, he um, he looked ahead to eighty nine, and he just has been excited for the last several years to get to do Batman when we get to eighty nine. So, um, but I'm I'm sure that uh, when we get there, he will talk all about it. That's still two years away, but I'm sure he'll talk all about it once we get there. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the premise of our show. That's why we are called the Thirty Something Movie Podcast. Is whatever year we happen to be in, we are looking back at movies that came out thirty years ago. So when we started the show. We were looking at movies from 1984, 1985, and then after that we did 86, was last year in 2016, and then this year we are in 2017, so we are in the year 1987. So all of our movies are movies that came out in 1987, and we've done a bunch this year, um, just some really great, and, and a lot of times, and we've kind of said this on the show too, is you kind of look back at some of these years and you think, okay, that was kind of a down year for movies, but then when you really start to look at it, you realize, okay, no, there are several movies. There are quite a few movies from this year that I really enjoy. Um, I tried to think of, as I was looking ahead to the 1988 movies, I was thinking, no, nah, you know, 
85 had a lot, 86 had a lot, 87 even had a lot. I don't know about 88. 89 is going to have a lot, but I don't know about 88. Then I started making a list of the movies that we were going to cover for next year. And I, I had more movies than we had weeks to be able to do a show. So, um, yeah. So we just kind of realized that some of the years that we thought were down years for movies for Hollywood, um, when we looked back on it in hindsight, there were actually a lot of movies that we really enjoyed. So, uh, yeah, so far this year, if you haven't listened to us before, uh, you can go back and listen to any of our episodes. Uh, this is episode number 146, so there's plenty of other episodes to listen to. But uh, just this year alone, we went back through and did Three Men and a Baby, uh, Raising Arizona, Harry and the Hendersons, Over the Top. Uh, we did Overboard. We did Moonstruck, um, Roxanne uh, with my kids. We actually do some modern movies every now and then. My kids and I, we did uh, an episode on the Lego Batman movie. Uh, we did an episode on Logan. We did Lethal Weapon, Robocop, Dragnet, The Untouchables, The Living Daylights, Princess Bride, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Masters of the Universe, Some Kind of Wonderful uh, we did. I did a show on Alien Covenant. We did one on the 40th anniversary of Star Wars. We kind of skipped our usual rule there and, and, and did a 40-year one. And uh, then we did The Lost Boys, Evil Dead 2, Monster Squad, Running Man, Wonder Woman. Um, <clears throat> and so we just, and we just got done this last month with doing a review of Star Trek The Next Generation, the TV series, because it started in 87. So if you are a big Star Trek fan, you can go back and check those out. Um, and then last week, we had our show on Hamburger Hill. And so we are in the middle of our the fog of war month. And so we started with Hamburger Hill. This time around, we've got Empire of the Sun next week. Uh, it's going to be one of my favorite movies of all time, Good Morning Vietnam. And then we'll finish up the month with Full Metal Jacket. The next month coming up after that is going to be sci-fi. It's going to be Spaceballs, Batteries Not Included, Inner Space, Predator, and Superman IV, The Quest for Peace. And if I get a chance to find one with, uh, I found one that does not have English subtitles, but I'd really like one with English subtitles. I would also like to throw in the Bollywood Superman because uh, it came out in 87 as well. So if we're doing that with Superman 4, then maybe I can get a chance to talk about that one. Uh, in the midst of all that, we're also going to be doing our 150th episode within the next several weeks. Um, and that is going to be actually just four weeks from now. Uh, and that's going to be our movie music episode. We had been talking about our favorite composers, our favorite soundtracks. Um, and so we just kind of realized that for our 150th, since we'd been talking about that, we like to make uh, top 10 lists and argue with each other about them. So for our, um, for our 150th episode, we're going to be doing a movie music episode. And if you have any feedback on that, if you have any movies or composers that you would like to throw it into the mix, uh, I am going to be sending out a, maybe like a, a little survey or a form that you could send us some suggestions and say, Hey, here's my top five composers, or here's my top five favorite soundtracks. Uh, we'll be doing that. So if you follow us on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or any of those places, that's where we're going to be sending that out. So check out those places. Uh, if you want to follow us on any of those places on all the different social media arenas, uh, we are at 30podcast on Twitter. Uh, we're also 30podcast, 30podcast on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, I, I'm trying to think if there's any others that we're on. Uh, our, our website is 30podcast, 30podcast. Com, and that's where you can find the rest of the uh, rest of the ways that you can get in touch with us, uh, either by email, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we have a voicemail line that the guys have affectionately referred to as the love line. And so you can call into that if you want to. But those are all the different ways that you can reach us. So if you've got some stuff you want to throw in there about uh, movie music that you love, feel free to do that. 
So like I said, this time around, uh, we are looking at uh, Empire of the Sun. And I'm, I'm trying to look and see if I've got anything new movie-wise. Um, I know that there was a set of new pictures that came out uh, in the Entertainment Weekly. I think it was Entertainment Weekly did their photo shoot, uh, or they had some photos that they had released from Star Wars The Last Jedi. And so I know that was something that came out new. Um, there were, you know, there, I don't feel like there's been ton of stuff that's come out. Uh, I mean, since we just had San Diego, Com- San Diego Comic Con, cannot talk tonight. I did not do my vo- vocal exercises before starting here. So my red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, rubber baby buggy bumpers, rubber. The rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. There we go. Irish wristwatch, Irish wristwatch. Okay, now I feel like I'm doing all right. Um, so anyway, I, there was not a whole lot of other new movie news, uh, really, that's come out since San Diego Comic-Con. I kind of feel like people were overwhelmed and overloaded, maybe, uh, with some of that stuff. So I don't really feel like there's a lot of stuff that's really come out. Um, one thing I was a little surprised to hear, I didn't realize there was going to be another season of the X-Files. So I guess X-Files has got one more season that's coming out. Um, that's kind of exciting. I did not see the... Um, the short, what was it? Maybe six episode X file season that came out about a year ago. Maybe that's been two years now. Um, did not see that yet. So I was always an X files fan back in the day, but have not seen the newer ones. So I probably will need to see that first and then uh, can go check out the, the newer one that's coming out. So, but other than that, I don't think there's really any other new movie news to speak of. Um, the only other thing that I did see was the stuff on the justice league, that there were some articles that came out just recently within the last few days that said they had leaked information from Warner brothers insiders that said that the justice league movie is quote unwatchable and that they were going to be going back and doing a whole bunch of reshoots. So I kind of thought they were in the middle of doing a whole bunch of reshoots and now it sounds like they're doing even more reshoots. So I don't want to jump to conclusions because rogue one did a whole bunch of reshoots and, and reshot, uh, what was it? Something like 40% of the movie. And that movie turned out to be amazing. So there I am using amazing again, uh, turned out to be outstanding. There we go. We'll do that one instead. Um, so that's, I don't want to jump to conclusions and say that justice league is not going to be good, even though the trailer has me a little bit worried and DC movies in general have me a little bit worried. Um, Hopefully, if they need to do these reshoots to make it a really amazing movie, then go for it. Do as many reshoots as you need to do on up until the movie comes out in November. But that's the only other thing that might have me a little worried is this movie's supposed to come out in November. And if they're still doing reshoots, then yeah. So if this movie needs to be later, if they need to move it back to make it a really good movie, if they need to move it back and bring it out next year, I am totally fine with waiting. I am okay with that because I'd much rather it be a good movie than to be disappointed by another DC movie. So DC, I know you're listening. Uh, All the Warner Brothers executives, I know you listen to our show. Um, So do whatever you got to do. Take your time. Make it good. Totally fine with waiting. Uh, It's cool. All right. So, all right. Well, why don't we go ahead and jump on into our Empire of the Sun information. Uh, let's go ahead very quickly and say that we do spoil the events of the movies we do talk about. So if you have not seen Empire of the Sun yet, uh, you may want to watch the movie first and then come up, come on back and listen. If you don't care about being spoiled, then we don't care about spoiling you. So uh, feel free to stick around then if, if that's the case. 
Uh, might be able to give you some reasons you should go watch it or let you know whether you should save a couple hours of your life. Uh, if you have not, if you've been listening to the show and you have not left us a review on um, iTunes, uh, Google Play, some of those other places, iTunes in particular, um, if you have not done that and you are enjoying what you're hearing on the show, then please uh, go leave us a review on iTunes. We would love to hear from you. Or if you want to email us or tweet us or whatever you want to do, uh, we would love to hear from you. So we'd love to hear what you're liking about the show, what you're not liking about the show. Uh, let us know so that we can make this uh, show that you enjoy. Because if you're coming back, if you're subscribing to the show and you're coming back week in and week out, then uh, you are our core audience and, and we want to make sure that uh, we're putting out the best show that we possibly can for you. We're doing this because we love movies. We hope that the people that are coming along and listening to this with us love movies too. And uh, But we, wanna, we do want to make this a, a really good show for everybody. So um, if you can, Please go leave us a review uh, and let us know. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, I don't think I got anything else. Got all that stuff out of the way. Um, so let's go ahead and jump on into our info on Empire of the Sun. So Empire of the Sun came out on the 25th of December, Christmas Day, 1987. Was rated PG with a runtime of two hours 33 minutes. The director was Steven Spielberg. He's also done Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Indiana Jones movies, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, and the upcoming Ready Player One, uh, which looks pretty good. I'm excited about that one. Producers on this one were the producers that have basically crafted our entire childhood. Uh, Frank Marshall, who did the Indiana Jones movies, Back to the Future, The Goonies, and Inner Space. Kathleen Kennedy, who did the Schindler's List, uh, did Schindler's List, Back to the Future, Star Wars The Force Awakens, The Sixth Sense, and is the president of Lucasfilm, uh, Steven Spielberg, who did The Goonies, Back to the Future, Amazing Stories, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Writer for this one was J.G. Ballard. He wrote the novel that this movie is based off of, and he died in 2009. He also wrote uh, Crash and High Rise. Tom Stoppard did the screenplay. He wrote Shakespeare in Love in Brazil. Uh, Meno Meyes, am I, I'm probably butchering that, uh, is an uncredited writer on this one. He also did Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, The Color Purple, and The Siege. Cinematography was done by Alan Davio, who did E.T., Harry and the Hendersons, and Van Helsing. Music was done by John Williams, who did the Star Wars movies, Jurassic Park, Harry Potter, Jaws, Superman, Indiana Jones, and Hook. Uh, budget for this one was $35 million. Box office was $66.7 million. Starring Christian Bale as Jamie Jim Graham. He was in American Psycho, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, and The Prestige. John Malkovich played Basie. He was in Dangerous Liaisons, Being John Malkovich, and Con Air. Miranda Richardson played Mrs. Victor. She was in Sleepy Hollow, The Hours, and The Phantom of the Opera. Nigel Havers played Dr. Rollins. He was in Chariots of Fire and A Passage to India. Joe Pantoliano was Frank Demarest. He was in The Fugitive, The Matrix, and Memento. Leslie Phillips played Maxton was in the Harry Potter movies, Tomb Raider, and King Ralph. Um, Masato Ibu played Sergeant Nagata. He was in Gohato and Godzilla vs. Megagurus. I probably mispronounced that, but that's okay. Uh, Emily Richard played Mary Graham. She was in Enemy at the Door and Hansel and Gretel. Rupert Fraser played John Graham. He was in The Bank Job and John Carter. Peter Gale played Mr. Victor. He was in Incognito and the 1969 version of Hamlet. And Ben Stiller played Dainty. He was in Zoolander, Night at the Museum, and Tropic Thunder. Critics gave this a 70%, though, if on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, though, if you look at the top critics, it's only a 36%. Uh, the audience gave it a 90%. So, some of the critics, uh, Sheila Benson of the Los Angeles Times, said, The film's grave problem is a lack of central heating. We don't have a single character to warm up to. 
Gene Siskel of the Chicago Tribune said, This is derivative melodrama with Spielberg hedging his bets by ripping off his previous adventure films to lighten a story that cries out not to be turned into a comic book. And he gave it two out of four stars. The Variety staff said, No special use is made of the talents of Miranda Richardson, Nigel Havers, Joe Pantoliano, and the others, so it's up to young English thespian Bale to engage the viewer's interest, which he does superbly. Cinema score people gave it a B plus as they were leaving the theater. Uh, awards for this one, it was nominated for six Oscars, and it won three BAFTA awards, including cinematography, score, and sound. The summary for this one, a young Bruce Wayne struggles to survive under Japanese occupation during World War II. And that's not true because his name's not Bruce Wayne, but because it's Christian Bale, I threw that in there. Desperate time, a world at war, a boy alone. So this is Christian Bale's film debut. Uh, the shot of Jim's parents tucking him in a bed is directly lifted from the Norman Rockwell painting, Freedom from Fear. Uh, Jim's father holds a newspaper like the father in the painting. Uh, the main difference in the painting is that there are two children in bed. Painting is also featured when Jim is at camp. In one moment, he rearranges the pinups on his wall, and Rockwell's painting is one of them. Uh, almost about halfway through, so this one was kind of interesting. Found these on uh, Wikipedia, and uh, or, or some of them from IMDb. And about halfway through the film, Jim is taken to Basie's den in the internment camp, and the window behind him looks a lot like the window uh, from the Emperor's throne room in the Death Star um, in Return of the Jedi. And so what some people have said is they believe that it's an homage, because it's Spielberg, and he's good friends with George Lucas, that this was a kind of a tribute to the Star Wars movies. Uh, and they said that Basie is even seated, so here it says, Basie is even seated on a chair in the left side of the frame in one shot with Jim on the right side, lower, similar to the placement of the Emperor and Luke, and Basie's guards, quote, guards, leave when Jim enters the room. Since Spielberg and Lucas are close friends, it seems evident this was a nod to Star Wars suggesting Basie is the Emperor of the internment camp. Uh, this is also the first American film that was shot in Shanghai since the 1940s. So... Um, so I, I wanted to just kind of go to uh, a couple of things real quick. I wanted to go back to what some of the critics had said, particularly Gene Siskel, uh, who said, this is derivative melodrama with Spielberg hedging his bets by ripping off his previous adventure films to lighten a story that cries out not to be turned into a comic book. 
And then Sheila Benson had said, the film's grave problem is a lack of central heating. We don't have a single character to warm up to. So I'm going to start off with saying this is not the first time. We usually ask the, the guys when they're on the show, uh, you know, when was the first time you saw this movie? Was this your first time watching it? And um, this is not my first time watching it. I've seen this movie probably three times now. I think this, this week when I watched it, this was my third time. And so I've seen this one three times now. And I, I don't agree with any of these, uh, with any of these critics. I think it's a good movie. Um, you know, is it a movie that, is it a movie that I'll necessarily watch regularly? No. In fact, if I, if I didn't, if I hadn't planned on watching this and I don't know why I, I watched it twice before, uh, it's a good movie. Um, but it's not, I mean, it's not necessarily one with all the other ones out there that I would come back to and watch again. If I wasn't watching it for this podcast, I might never, never, ugh, never have watched this movie uh, ever again. So most likely, uh, I, I would have watched it the one or two times that I saw it, and then I would have just kind of moved on. Now, that being said, um, because this movie is rated PG, uh, there is a possibility that if I wanted to use certain scenes of this, um, maybe for maybe for a class I was teaching because uh, when, when I was in the classroom teaching, I was a, uh, an English teacher. And then uh, for one or two years, I was also a social studies history teacher. And so I possibly would use bits and pieces of this, maybe some clips of this. Uh, I, there are definitely some things I would not use. Um, you know, there are a few moments where, um, you know, we wouldn't necessarily use that in a classroom, but uh, since it's rated PG, there could be moments of this or clips of this that I would use as a teacher in a classroom to show, um, you know, some of the situations surrounding World War II. Um, now, I probably would be more likely to focus on Japanese internment, like internment camps that had Japanese prisoners, because that's one of the things that we we tend to focus on um, in school is talking about the internment camps that we had in, in this country. But I think as a good counterpoint, uh, I probably could use something like this to show that there were internment camps in other countries too, that we are not the only ones that were doing this. And that doesn't make it right either way. Um, so, so I, I mean, I think I might use it for that reason, but uh, otherwise, I mean, it is a PG movie. Uh, my own kids, maybe if they were just a little bit older, if they were learning about World War II or they had questions about World War II, I might show them uh, parts of this uh, maybe as a way of just showing them kind of what life might have been like for the people that were in those situations. But, you know, other than that, I, I don't know that this would be a movie I would come back to unless it was as a resource for something like that. Uh, because, like I said, it's a fine movie. If I was going to go watch a Spielberg movie or watch a World War II movie, this wouldn't necessarily be my first choice. So, um, but I do definitely disagree with what some of the critics said, particularly, um, the one that said that there's no, there are no characters to warm up to in this movie. I think there are plenty of characters to warm up to in this movie. Um, you watch little moments of the different people in the camps, you know, at first everybody, it seems like everybody's kind of out for themselves, but, uh, then you get these little moments of kindness. You get people, that are kind of backing each other up and, and helping take care of each other. Um, you know, even the, even the very cold Mrs. Victor, um, you know, the one scene in particular where, where they're towards the end and, uh, they get to that one camp where all of the different, 
um, all the different treasures from people's houses have just been dumped in this little, oh, kind of like a, what do you want to call it? Uh, oh, this looks like a, a flea market with walls. Um, and you get to that scene where she's starving and she really can't go any further. And she tries to convince uh, uh, Jim that he should stay with her there. And he tells her, you know what, just play dead. If you pretend like you're dead, then they'll leave us alone and, and we can stay here. And they won't make us move. And so they do. And when he wakes up in the morning, she is actually dead. Now, I think a scene like that in particular and a couple of little bits and pieces here and there where normally she's a very cold character and, and she doesn't she doesn't like Jim very much and she's just aggravated by him. I thought little bits and pieces like that are what Spielberg does very well. Um, I think if anything, Spielberg is very good at making a movie where you care about the characters. And I think that's also true with this movie. So I'm not sure... I don't agree with those critics who said that there aren't uh, people that you can warm up to in this movie. I, I think I think that sometimes the one person that is the maybe the hardest to warm up to is Jim, the boy, Christian Bale's character, because there just there are several times where he he's going to do whatever it takes to survive, and sometimes that makes him not so likable. Um, you kind of, I think you connect with him a little bit because you try to think of, okay, well, what would I do in that situation? Um, he's not being, he's not being out and out evil. Um, and he's not hurting anyone or he's not really, I don't want to say he's really taking advantage of anyone, but, um, he is using opportunities to make sure that he is relevant to make sure that he is, is helping himself. But at the same time, he also finds a way to help others. Whereas I feel like Basie and some of the others, um, they're not so much helping others. They're just out for themselves. Whereas Jim is trying to do both. He's trying to be someone who looks out for himself and he's going to try to find his own way out, uh, or, or, you know, move himself up within Basie's little organization there. Um, but at the same time, he's also helping other people out. So I, I will hands down disagree with the critics that say there are not characters that you can warm up to in this movie, because I definitely think there are. Uh, now, a couple of things that I have read before, uh, there was an, uh, an article from Empire Magazine that talked about uh, Empire of the Sun, ironically enough, and they talked a little bit about this being one of the movies that was kind of a turning point for Steven Spielberg, that he had kind of reached a point where People were criticizing him for just being someone who could make kids' movies. Um, and that, you know, it was that he couldn't necessarily do a serious drama. Um, and I know that he, he had made The Color Purple, and I don't think that did as well uh, as he was hoping for. And he was kind of reaching his, you know, kind of a, a midlife crisis, I guess. Um, and uh, well, he, he was 40. They did mention he was 40 when he made Empire of the Sun. And, um, and I think he was kind of getting bored. Uh, at least the sense I got from this article was he was getting bored and he had made some comments about he just didn't want to do the same things over and over and over again. Um, and he kind of felt like he was being pigeonholed into, you know, just this, that there, people had an image of what they thought Steven Spielberg should be and what movies he should make and that uh, he didn't want to get stuck that way. And uh, he's quoted in here as saying, ever since Duel which is also another really good Steven Spielberg movie. Uh, Ever since Duel, I've been looking for a visual narrative, a story that could be told nearly exclusively through visual metaphors and non-pretentious symbolism. Um, and so, and I think he really accomplishes that with this movie. It's a very, it's a visually beautiful movie. Just the way it's shot um, and the, 
just the the scope you get. It, it's a very very small space that this movie takes place in, um, but just the way he films it, it just it kind of opens that up, and and you get a, a grand sense of the world, but you also know that you're in a very small corner of it. Um, one other thing that I noticed is that in this movie, the way and and you know if if Pat was was with me right now, he would make a comment about the camera angles. I know because he's very technical. And uh, one of the things I did notice was I know that ET and they, I think they mentioned this in the in this article as well that ET was filmed uh, with the cameras very low, closer to the ground, so that you felt like a child uh, as you were watching that movie. Whereas this one, uh, you know, your main character is still a child, but uh, everything is being filmed. Uh, from these very wide angles and you get to see you get to see the horizon and you get to see the landscape and you get to see the air with the the planes flying through um so i think it's just a, a very a very uh different attempt on spielberg's part to try to make uh maybe a more grown-up movie sticking with the kid as the main character but trying to make a very more a much more grown-up movie a uh, more dramatic movie a more historical uh historical take and i think he did pretty well with it Again, like I said, not it's not on my list of my top five or probably even my top ten Spielberg movies, but it's still a great movie. You've still got all the different things that Spielberg does well, uh, you know, trying to show you the world through the eyes of a child and, um, you know, just some of those moments where you don't expect you don't expect to be able to connect with something that is as serious and adult as what you're seeing uh, with how a child sees it. The one thing in particular I'm thinking of is when the um, – when uh, Jamie sees the atomic bombs shockwave and he sees it in the sky and he's just noticed that uh, Mrs. Victor has just passed away and he is totally convinced that that is her soul going up to heaven. And I, I thought that was a really great moment. I mean, that's you, you think of a, a child has never seen anything like that before. And at the moment that he sees this woman has passed away, his first thought is that's her soul going up to heaven. And I think that's just a really cool way for Spielberg to have done that to still give us that child's perspective. And and it's just something that I think he does so well. And to give us that childlike wonder, um, in the midst of something that it's the world's first atomic bomb is going off and it's something horrendous and serious and and terrifying. Um, but I, I think he did that very, very well in this movie. So, so I don't have a whole lot of criticisms, criticisms of this movie. I will say that a couple of times I did feel like the movie moved a little slowly. Um, I did find myself on this viewing for the podcast. I did kind of find myself, of course I had to watch it over, over a couple of days. Um, cause I didn't have time to kind of just sit and watch it in one sitting. Um, I did find a few times where I was just kind of, I, I wanted to hurry it along. I, okay. I get the sense of what's going on. It's, it's a, it's a bit long. Um, so I, I think I maybe if I was in charge of the movie, if I was doing the editing, um, and I was the director, I probably would have cut back on it a little bit. It's two and a half hours. I think this definitely could have been a two hour movie or even less. Um, and you kill, you still could have gotten the same message across. Um, you know, you, you maybe just a little bit less of him running around the camp and, and collecting things for people and, you know, um, where he jumps in front of the Sergeant Nagata and saves somebody's life, uh, by showing that he is between all these different worlds that he can be with the Americans. He can be with the British. He can be with the Japanese, um, that he is, you know, he, he can bridge all these different, all these different, uh, cultures and societies. So, um, you know, I, some of that was a little repetitious, so I think that could have been cut back, but otherwise 
I think it's a pretty good movie. And, and I don't have too much to complain about with any, I mean, the music, of course, is John Williams, so it's great. Um, uh, you know, it's Spielberg, so you know the directing is going to be good. Uh, the actors in it are great. Uh, Christian Bale, uh, when I first saw this movie, was several years ago, and uh, I had, you know what, I, I, I think earlier I might have said this was the first movie I saw Christian Bale in. That's not true. I, saw, I probably saw him in American Psycho first. And then going back and watching this movie, I think I went back and watched this movie because I liked American Psycho so much um, that I thought I would like to see other things that this actor has been in. So I think I probably either found it on TV at one point or found it at a video store and then went back and, and watched it and thought, oh, well, that's that's pretty cool. It's all the way back to him as a kid. Um, and so that's probably, I, I think American Psycho was the first movie I saw him in. And then I jumped back to this after watching that. Um, so this would have been probably the second movie I saw him in. And I think he does a great job. I mean, you can, you could be pretty hit or miss on child actors and what they're able to get across. And there are some times, there are some kind of cringeworthy scenes in this. Uh, I think he's, um, when he's on the truck, when they're first leaving for the camps, you know, and, and he's screaming, he's trying to get the driver to let him in the truck because he knows the way. And I think it's Su Chow is where he says they're going. And so uh, he jumps in the back of the truck and he's pointing forward and he's screaming, Su Chow! And, and they're heading off in that direction. That I, I could have done without, maybe. But when it really gets to the point where uh, I did like him as he's going around the camp and, and, and foraging for different things and stealing different things and, and supplying things for people. Um, but the part in particular that I really liked that was him kind of getting excited again was when the American bombers, uh, when the American planes show up and it's the, the P 51 and he's screaming the Cadillac of the skies. And, uh, just, he's just going absolutely crazy on top of that building as the Americans fly through and are dropping bombs on their camp and on the, the airfield. Um, that I thought was great. And that I think goes to, uh, Spielberg getting at that, the the view of it in the mind of a child that there's this war going around around him, but he loves planes so much that he's just going to go crazy when he sees the, the planes and, you know, he knows everything about them. And, um, so I, that part in particular, I really like that. And I liked the kind of the reaction that Christian Bale uh, was able to give, even as a young kid, um, to that, to that piece, to that, you know, that was his thing that even though his, his parents are gone and they could be for all he knows, they could be dead, He's living in this camp. They're practically starving there. It's, you know, life is, it doesn't seem to be ridiculously difficult in this camp, but, uh, you know, it's not easy. And, uh, but he's still a kid because he's still, you know, he sees the airplane and he goes crazy and, and it's all about the airplanes. Um, so I thought that was something that, that Spielberg did well and that Christian Bale did well, you know, particularly as a, a child actor at that point. So, um, I don't know that I have a whole lot of other stuff that I need to say about empire of the sun. Um, you know, again, it's, it's got great music, great John Williams music. Um, great performance by Christian Bale, by John Malkovich, Joe Pantoliano. Um, you know, I, I did think it was funny in, in the different scenes where, uh, Oh, I, the one, the one in particular where they were betting on whether, uh, Jamie was going to be able to get through when the Sergeant Nagata was looking for him and he was crawling around in kind of the swampy grass area, and they were all betting on whether he'd get caught or not. And uh, it was might have been Ben Stiller's character, looks at Basie, John Malkovich, and says, what are you betting with? And he holds up a little copy of Life magazine, and he goes, my life. And just, just the way he said it, just kind of the, the deadpan, straight face, 
it, it's not a joke, but it is a joke. Um, and, and you know, that part, I just, that part, I, I laughed out loud at that because I thought that was it done very, very well, very well delivered. Um, but I just thought they did a great job with that. So, um, yeah, no, so very good movie. Um, again, you know, it's, it's Spielberg. So I, I haven't, I don't think I've found a Spielberg movie that yet that I have not liked, um, particularly ones that he has directed. Um, but like I said before, it's not, it's not going to be in my top five. We, we had this argument before, uh, somebody had put up on Twitter. If you could only show someone three Spielberg movies, uh, what would they be to kind of give them an indication as to what his body of work is, is like. And we had some arguments. Um, we had some angry people because they could only do three because it, it, it seems like, Oh yeah, my top three Spielberg movies. Well, the problem is you might be able to get that number one movie in there pretty easily. But then when you've got to really narrow it down, once you start looking at the list and you have to narrow it down to just three, that's when it started to get a little difficult. So, uh, this one, definitely not in my top three of Spielberg movies. Good movie regardless. Um, and if you wanted to, if you, if you were for some reason wanting to show kids or you wanting to show, you know, if you were a teacher and you want to use this as a resource, it is a, a PG movie. Um, there's not a lot of language in it. Um, there is, there's not really, there's no, as far as I remember, there's no nudity in the movie. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I think there's, there is a scene in the camp where, um, a husband and wife are, are kind of making out on a bed, but, um, and, and Jamie is kind of watching it through one of the not so solid walls that are in between the different uh, cots that all the people have. Um, but nothing really happens and you know, you don't, it, it doesn't last very long. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you were, if you were looking at a, a movie to show kids that featured something about world war two, then I think this one's a fairly safe movie uh, to do that with because a lot of your other ones are going to be more violent. Um, they're going to be, there's going to be more swearing involved. It's going to be more about the war. And this one is not so much about the war. It's about the people trying to survive in the situation that they're put in. So, uh, I think given that, you know, if, if you were looking for a movie that was less about the war, less about violence and, and, uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit family friendlier, then this would be definitely a, a good route to go. So, Hey everybody, it's Pat here. Uh, Empire of the Sun. Yeah, fun movie. It was first time I really, I don't know, maybe it had, had even heard of it. Uh, never seen it before. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was, it was a pretty neat movie and I have to admit I've read a little bit about, you know, Japanese prisoner of war camps, but never from the perspective of like, you know, civilians that were interned, uh, right when the war started or, you know, the history of people that were working, you know, and living around China. Um, when the Japanese invaded. So I found that pretty interesting and, and, uh, definitely worth more research and reading just to kind of see, you know, what, what really happened and, and what the true story is behind the, behind the movie. As for the movie, it was fun seeing a bunch of those actors that, uh, like, you know, John Malkovich and, um, I forget the other guy, Joe, I always say his last name wrong, Joe Pantoliano or, and, uh, of course, uh, seeing Batman as a young, uh, as, as a little kid. So that was pretty cool seeing all of them in the, in the thing. Um, it was, uh, an entertaining story. I guess it, it, you know, fun watch and all. The only thing that got me is it just seemed to be a little bit long. I, it was like two and a half hours long. And I think if they had, would have cut out, um, some of the scenes seemed to stretch a little bit long. You know, they, they seem to be, you know, there'd be extended shots of him looking up at the sky and extended 
sequences where he was um, staring at things or trying to bring people back to life with, uh, uh, you know, in the hospital and such. And a lot of that just seemed to be extra that didn't add a lot to the movie. So that would be my only um, kind of complaint uh, about that. It, it, well, that and, and, it, and it seemed like what was the story exactly about got a little bit lost. It seemed to be going in a bunch of different directions. There, you know, was it supposed to just show the story of people that were interned during the Second World War by the Japanese? Was it supposed to show this kid, you know, kind of, you know, living the, in the lap of luxury and then suddenly seeing what the real world was like, you know, when you go outside the walls of that embassy or his house or whatever and seeing all the people on the street and beggars and that and then having to live as a street rat. Um, was it supposed to be kind of like an Oliver Twist thing where, you know, he fell in with these guys, you know, uh, uh, the modern-day version of the Artful Dodger and, and so forth, and he was kind of helping them, you know, live on the streets? Uh, was it supposed to be about a kid that was imprisoned but kind of, like, started sympathizing and making friends with people on the other side? Uh, it just seemed to be a mile wide, inch deep. There were a bunch of different directions they could have gone with the movie, uh, but and they kind of went to all of them. And uh, I guess it would have been nice to have it to be a little bit shorter, sweeter, and to the point if they could have focused on one of the themes. I think it would have been uh, a little bit um, more enjoyable. But, like I said, it was a fun movie, and it was kind of cool topic matter that, uh, that uh, you know, I would be curious to read more about and see, you know, what the, the fact versus the fiction comes out to be. Uh, that's about it. Uh, best scene would definitely be seeing the Mustangs fly by and strafe the airfield and, and all that. That was pretty cool. So, anyways, we'll catch up with you uh, next time for uh, our next movie. Take care. Bye now. So, that is Empire of the Sun. Um, and again, if you have totally disagreed with anything that I've said, or, um, if you just want to give some feedback on it, uh, feel free to give us a call. We've got a voicemail line. It's 87235-MOVIE. Uh, it's 872-356-6843. If you want to call into what the guys have affectionately referred to as the love line, you can do that. You can email us at 30podcast at gmail.com. That's 30podcast. Anytime I say 30podcast, it's going to be 30podcast. Uh, and that's where we're at on all the different social medias, uh, on Twitter, we're 30 podcast on Instagram, Facebook, uh, our website is 30 podcast.com. And that's where you can go to find all of our old episodes. Uh, you can also definitely find us on iTunes. We are all over iTunes. Uh, we are there. That is kind of the, one of the primary places, the first place we were up, you can subscribe to us there, but we are also on, uh, we're on Stitcher. We're on Satchel podcast player. We are on Google play and you can just listen to the episodes directly from our podcast site as well, the30podcast.com. Uh, in the meantime, we've got a few episodes coming up in the very near future, and you can also send us some feedback on those as well. Uh, coming up, our next episode is going to be, like I said, one of my favorite movies of all time is Good Morning Vietnam. So that's our next one coming up, number 147. After that's Full Metal Jacket, then Spaceballs, and then number 150 is our movie music episode. And so those are all coming up. So if you want to leave us some feedback on those or call the love line and let us know uh, what you like about those movies or what you don't like about those movies, uh, then feel free to do that and, and get in touch with us. Let us know. Um, otherwise we will see you back here next time. And uh, you know what, when you go out there, be excellent to each other and go watch some good movies and we will see you all next time. <laughs>